deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, blogger, podcaster. Really excited to have you on the show, and man, am I fired up. It is going to be an awesome show today. I have got Chester Moore from Texas Fishing Game on the line, and he is going to talk about um, some awesome stuff that we found at ICAST together. We talk about conservation. We talk about, as we usually do, him and I always get off on tangents of conservation and, um, and getting kids involved in the outdoors and industry trends and that kind of stuff. So I love talking to him. Spent a lot of time with him at the ICAST show here a couple of weeks ago and i really think we've got a great show for you guys this week i'm really excited to be back with you so excited to have the opportunity to share this message of hope and inspiration and uh the outdoor lifestyle on this podcast and that you allow me to do that in your earphones or on your phone or um wherever you're listening to us and however you're listening to us i just want to thank you so much i get so fired up every time i sit down and record this podcast and uh this is just a dream come true to be able to share this with you so before we get into the interview with Chester Moore, which turned out great, and I think you'll really enjoy it, I uh, wanted to bring up one of our sponsors of this show and our only sponsor for this week, and that's going to be South Padre Island. And the folks that work with Texas Fishing Game is the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau, and I love these guys, man. Uh, we've had a great relationship in the magazine, and uh, South Padre Island, if you've never been, is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. There's a lot of uh, fishing action going on there. Uh, there's a lot of wildlife. There's just a lot of great opportunities there. Uh, they're running in ahead in the September issue that I just got today, and it says, Today I will leave my island, but I shall return with fish. <laughs> and uh, their tagline in the ad is, uh, Catch your heart's desire on your own island. You'll fall in love with the tranquil views, the amazing animal life, and of course, the very best fishing. Start your adventure today, and it gives the website address, and that's going to be sopadre.com. That's S O P A D R E. Dot com and the South Padre Island. Uh, go check that out. If, if you're traveling, uh, love coastal fishing, like I know a lot of you guys do, listen to the show, um, definitely check these guys out. They've got a lot of awesome opportunities for uh, guided trips and, um, and just a ton of other, a whole host of opportunities that you can get involved in in South Padre Island. So check these out. Again, uh, South Padre Island's website, SO p-a-d-r-e.com and i'll put that in the show notes so you can just click directly and go straight to their website so thank you guys so much again for watching thank you so much for listening thank you so much for reading um here's my interview with chester moore i think you're really going to enjoy it here we go joining me on the phone mr chester moore our editor-in-chief of texas fishing game magazine welcome back to the best of the outdoors podcast chester Nah, it's great to be back. Anytime I can be on the best of the outdoors with Dustin Warnke, it's a good day. <laughs> and Chester, I've been on your radio show before, uh, More Outdoors, which uh, tell people how to find that. Yeah, man, I'm on News Talk 560 KLVI. That's AM 560 out of Beaumont. can be heard from Baton Rouge over to throughout the Houston market and also KLVI.com and iHeartRadio. I was going to say, you can get the podcast replay on iHeartRadio, and I've listened to you that way before, and then they have a um, section on their website where they have uh, some replays, too. You've got a really great show. I enjoy listening to it. Appreciate it, man. I've been doing that show for 18 years, so uh, hard to believe. It's been eight, I've been started when I was 25 years old. So, um, Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and we're still rocking and rolling and uh, doing a lot of wildlife stuff on that show. And 
the the technology for radio and the whole podcast thing is kind of mind-boggling what we can be done with it now. Yes. Uh, a lot has changed, but right now we're delivering something that uh, people can listen to whatever they want, their own comfort and their own, pull something out of the pocket and listen to it. So here we right. go. Right. No, that's great. I mean, that's the thing I love about this podcast is it gives, you know, listeners the on-demand feel of radio that they can basically plug into it and do whatever with it and um, listen on their own terms. So I think that's a great medium that we have these days of on-demand radio. So There we go. Uh, that's good. So you and I spent quite a bit of time talking together at iCast. What were some of the highlights, some of the companies that stood out to you and some of the trends in the industry that we're seeing right now? You know, it's really interesting because I had a hard time finding like a particular trend at this show. You know, you go to some iCast and it's like everybody has X, Y, or Z, right? Right. This one was kind of all over the map. Uh, it, it, you know, and, and I always look at the fishing lore part first. That's kind of what intrigues me the most. Sure. Uh, is kind of the part because I like to fish and I'm um, fishing fresh and salt water. Um, right. I've seen a lot of people paying attention to uh, hollow body topwaters, hollow bodied okay. soft plastic top waters you know that was something that was uh, was intriguing to me uh, live target had some the mullet they had right other people uh, i was hearing some of the smaller companies talking about wake baits again wake baits were a trend three to four years ago maybe five years ago a, essentially a crankbait that maybe dives an inch or two under the water that creates a wake and will allow you to work a crankbait above vegetation oh. you can't work a crankbait through the grass right Right. Um, not very effectively, at least. Well, I'm seeing some now where there's some wake bait kind of applications for soft plastics and things. So that that was interesting. I saw more emphasis, even more emphasis on bass this mm-hmm. year. I did uh, too. You know, it was like even some of the companies that have fresh and salt were like putting even more of their eggs in the basket of bass fishing. <laughs> and I think that's a direct response to high school and collegiate bass fishing yes um and the increased popularity of like the bass master elite series and uh, all those kinds of different things so that, that that was really an interesting aspect of the show for me you know well that's interesting i mean it's, it's funny you get all these bass guys that have their jerseys on you know walking up and down the aisles all proud of this the saltwater guys just have their sandals and you know their flip-flops and their shorts on you know <laughs> just kind of some yeah. beach somewhere i just think it's a different culture you know <laughs> a little more it is back. It, it is really it, it's it's a really different thing but uh it's kind of it's kind of funny to see uh how that whole uh, how, how that whole culture kind of meets together, you know, and uh, Texas and Florida are two of the states where it kind of kind of melts together flawlessly because of, right. you know, we have so much coastline and so much quality bass fishing. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one in terms of just products, you know, it's almost, uh, it almost would be cliche to say this, but it's the product that won best of show. I mean, there's a reason. Yes. And that would be the Ultrex from Minkota, the trolling motor system. Um, pretty incredible what that company has been able to do with trolling motors. Yes. Um, you know, you got you got something where you to simply step on the foot pedal, and you got power stealing your trolling motor, and then you got the spotlight button to stay on a fishing spot automatically, and then a very responsive GPS-powered automatic boat control. Right. I mean, think about being able to have the, the lane, the exact angle or lane you want to fish in it, and it's in the trolling motor. I mean, just <laughs> just crazy stuff. I can barely use a regular trolling motor. 
And, right. you know, and they got these smart systems now that are just, just really incredible. So that was one that certainly jumped out at me. And I'm not a tech guy. You don't want me to analyze all the details. <laughs> I'm the guy you want to see that I can't break it. Right. And, and how does it work? And, you know, and, but that one really caught my attention again because of that company continues to do a lot of incredible innovations um, on all, all the things that they're, they're working with. You know, I'll tell you something that was uh, really interesting and um, uh, was a lure that's out there and it won the best hardware category by Savage Gear, the 3D Suicide Duck. Okay. And this little booger is a duck. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like a little baby mallard. And uh, I've used duck lures before in the past. They work bassy. But what was neat about it was usually those things look kind of gimmicky. Right. But this one, this one looked, this one looked pretty legit. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. looked like it was, uh, it looked, it was something that, you know, because people ask me, what you see crazy at ICAST? Well, there's a duck lure. Yeah. That's but it actually cool. looked like it would catch a fish. Yes. Know? So. That was kind of cool. Who had that um, one? Who uh, say the company name again? I Savage forget. Gear. Savage, Savage Gear. Okay. Gear. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, I, I love fishing line. That's my second favorite category in the fishing industry's line, right? Because I think anglers greatly um, underestimate the power of what kind of line they're fishing for certain applications. Yes. Um, and I'm really into fluorocarbon, and you know, there's a Japanese fluorocarbon called tactical that p line has put out it won best fishing line oh cool. and uh, yeah p line won that with uh the tactical and uh it was really you know it was really kind of interesting because uh everybody's trying to get to where say it's a hundred percent pure fluorocarbon because there's some mixtures and things right. and fluorocarbon was used in industrial components in japan and it works for lime because it has the same light refraction as water. It's basically invisible in water. So fish that are a little spooky about seeing something attached to whatever they're trying to eat. Right. But also it has pretty good abrasion resistance. And um, pea liners make really, really good stuff anyway. And so to see them come out with uh, a, a, a pure fluorocarbon, um, and that to me that has a lot of promise. And there's quite a different, there's quite a few different sizes they have in that. So it could be something that the salt water guy could use or the bass fisherman. Okay, so both ends, fresh and salt, could use, could use the same, you know, the same kind of line, that same technology. That's that's really cool to see. Um, you know, one of the things that I was blown away by, I went by U of Zuri's booth, had a meeting with them and Duel, you know, those uh, two of the same company, U of Zuri and Duel, and they're more into the crankbaits and the, they've got a, they've got a really cool spinnerbait type, um, uh, rig, but they've also, the way that the pattern on the lures, the holographics on the lures is better. I mean, you really, as a human, you almost, you know, you can't believe that it's not real, you know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the thing that it's the technology is getting so good with the with the patterns that they're putting on these lures and the holographics and those kind of things. I mean, I, that's what really impressed me about them. You know, I, I call that final approach technology. Right. So if you're in clear water, it's what's going to give that extra few inches of that fish will want to come up and look at it and nail it, you know. So yeah. that kind of stuff is cool. You know, when I was a kid, the realistic-looking lures didn't work. Like, I remember buying this perch, and I saved up for this perch, and I think it was a, it was a Kmart. A Kmart store. Fishing at Kmart. This, oh, so yeah, like, shopping for fishing gear at Kmart, I should say. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, exactly, man. And so, and I got this perch, and the thing didn't work. Never caught a fish on it. Didn't even, <laughs> the bass wouldn't look at it in clear water. And then, then you find something that looks like a, you know, something that come out of your nose, like some kind of just big, <laughs> some kind of disgusting looking creature bait that looks like nothing in nature. You right. catch fish on it, right? Right. Right. Well, nowadays there are quite a few realistic looking lures that have the right kind of action, the right kind of paint job. All those kind of things. It makes it really interesting for fishing because, you know, in murkier water, it really don't matter. Right. Let's be honest. But when you're fishing clear water and those fish have the opportunity to see that stuff, that final approach technology can make a difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it can. And, I mean, that's that's what the innovations of the industry, that's just one example of them. And, you know, I've said before when you and I have talked about ICAST stuff, we're kind of in the golden age of our time in um, – and how good things are getting, and they continue to get better. And, I mean, that only helps us catch more and bigger fish, which is something every angler is, you know, it's important to every angler, I think. Well, when we go to ICAST, you know, you'll, and, 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 you know we could do a parody on this, and, you know. <laughs> but you, you'll, you'll, you'll interview someone, and they'll be like, this has got, you know, copolymer <laughs> – um z7983a on it right and uh and they're like well what's new about it well it's got copolymer z793a and i'm like well how in the wide world does copolymer z793a help me catch more fish right because i don't know what that is i'm not sure you know what it is either exactly um, you know and then you end up talking to someone you realize that is something whatever they're talking about is a component that helps abrasion resistance or Right or whatever, or stops light refraction, or whatever the thing is. Um, so we go there trying to figure out Texas fishing game. How's it going to help us catch more and bigger fish? Yes, and that really is the goal. And one of the things like rod company, people say, "Do you see any good rods?" I'm like, "They're all good." Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a tons of great rods out there. You know, it's hard to innovate a rod anymore. You know, there's so much you can do with a rod, but there's a lot of really good stuff out there. You know, um, quality stuff. I was impressed with what I saw with Lose this year. Yes. I actually went to a writer's camp and got to get my hands on some of their stuff. Um, Speed stick inshore, really, really good. Uh, as well as their um, uh, their reel, the uh, what's the name of it? It was a it's a custom pro. I think it's ASLP. I uh, got to get my hands on that and fish with that a little bit. It works really good. But a lot of the reels and rod technology now is so refined that if you spend a certain amount of money, it's hard to get a bad product. Yes. Yes, and I've noticed that as well. I mean, let's say you go to Academy, which is a good supporter of, of Texas Fishing Game, really good supporter, and, you know, you go fishing, you know, uh, you go hunting, I should say, for a rod. Um, you go, um, you know, shopping for a rod. And real, you know, or, or whatever combination you want of both. I mean, the technology is so good now, it's hard to find a bad one unless you really go deep into some Chinese stuff, you know, that's just kind of there to hook you, you know, or buy one of those cheap kids' kitty poles or whatever, you know, that's that's not the best quality. But, you know, the quality has improved over the last 20 years, wouldn't you say, Chester? No question about it. And it's been, um, it's been something that I think has really benefited the consumer. Yes. And um, the angler, you know, like I said, we want people to catch more and better fish. Right. Know? I mean, that's our uh, goal with the magazine. But my whole point, Jester, is that, you know, we are the ones that benefit from that. Those of us in media obviously have more stuff to report on and that kind of stuff. But we as the consumer have more to, you know, have, have more and better things to go out fishing with, is my point. Yep. There's great tools out there. People just don't need to get uh, 
too well. I've had people come up at seminars and things. They'll be like, yes, sir, I just don't know because it's, you know, this rod says it's this and this rod says it's that. And I'm like, well, you know, look, I'll catch a fish. They're all catch fish, yeah. They'll all catch a fish. But then it gets down to are you able to invest in this technique and this might be better for you because it's a crankbait rod. It's fiberglass and fiberglass yes. works better because it's not as reactionary as graphite and you won't feel the bite until the fish is hooked and then often a crank bass pushes a bait on a crank but a redfish so there's all of those things and that's what coming that's what you're allowed to do is explore to go to the highest levels and whatever tackle you're using it's available at fairly reasonable prices yes when you look at it in the long term that you can use this stuff for a long time no it is it's durable it's more durable than it's ever been before um, which is something that I think is interesting. And the other thing is like my grandfather, I just re-spooled some, um, some, uh, some fishing line the other day on my grandfather's Kmart special, you know, yeah, fishing, baby. fishing rod. And, uh, or it wasn't a rod. It was, uh, came off of a, an old rod of his. I put it on an ugly stick and, uh, I have a blast just catching bluegill with that thing, you know, simple pursuits like we talked about in the last show. And, um, you know, but it's just amazing the durability of what we have today compared to what we had in yesterday year you know and what our parents and grandparents fished with you know compared to what we have today that's my point yep 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 it's definitely out there you, you can easily become spoiled yes you know? easily spoiled exactly because the gear is that good uh what other highlights did you kind of see of the the, the industry I and mean, we talked about minkota and, and uh, hummingbird and those kind of companies um one of the things that i was really impressed with was um and i'll give you a chance to to, to talk about this but like the castable sonars, I saw several of those this year, and I only saw a couple last year. Uh, iBobber with real sonar is one of them. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, cast that out there. They have an app called the Netfish app. They even have a net, Chester, that you can literally weigh your fish in, and it will send the weight to your to your phone via Bluetooth. Um, Situations like that. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is cool. You know, I, I'm easily amused, though. But, I mean, you're a little more cynical than I am about this stuff. But I've learned a lot <laughs> from you, you know. <laughs> so. Well, my only thing with all of that stuff is um, who, who's going to use it? Yes. Uh, that And the market will determine that. But if the market does determine these, I've used some of this stuff. It works great. It's incredible. Right. Uh, I think that um, for the bank fishermen – uh, if you're listening and you're and you're like me, me and Dustin Warnke are both bank fishermen. Yeah, we're okay? both bank fishermen, absolutely. You have the editor-in-chief of Texas Fishing Game, a bank fisherman. The reason is I had a boat. I had a limited boat for years. I never got a deal for a big – I could have gotten a sweetheart deal on a boat because I'm an outdoor writer. Right. I want to do – I will, number one, I, don't, I believe in living below my means. Yes. I don't make a lot of money, a whole lot of money. I make decent money, but I want to make it below my means. And I also don't want to get to where everything is just about what I can get for free, and I don't live at the level of people that we're servicing in our magazine. Yes. You know? So now I just don't have a boat, and I use my friendly boats, or I fish for the bank most of the time now. Me too. And Because um, most people who fish, guess what? Fish from the bank. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening and you fish from that bank, the iBobber and stuff like that can have tremendous impact on your fishing so those things which are innovations from a couple years back are incredible assets to bank fishing 
Yes, a castable sonar because it can report real time facts about your you know your subterranean environment, you know structure, um, depth, water temperature, that kind of stuff to your smartphone. And I think it's one of the coolest things that has uh, that excites me about the industry is that it makes it accessible. Let's say you're a kayak fisherman. Um, you know, Deeper, for instance, has has a castable sonar that you can mount on a kayak mount that goes on the side of your boat, and um, you can uh, cast out. You know, and and uh, and you can easily get over that stealthy area that you that you don't want to spook any bass with within a kayak, and have a have a product like that. You know, basically tell you what's going on uh, in your area. I mean, I think that's really cool. Yep, good stuff and uh, a lot of fun as well. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I just. I love this stuff. I mean, Chester, I just think that this is the, the like I said, the golden age that we live in, that, that these companies are competing more and more for market share. And that just makes more of the of the best rise to the top is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, there's a lot of it out there, you know, and the thing in the business, is, and this is maybe a little behind the scenes, is there's, only, there's some companies that are like, you know, they own a bunch of different brands, you know, right? Uh, a whole lot of different brands out there. And uh, you'll see a lot of these brands, and a lot of them are owned by one company, but there are also a lot of um, small upstarts out there. There's just tons and tons and tons of companies. Unless you've been to the iCast show, you may not believe how many companies are involved in the fishing business. That's huge. It's thousands. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yep. And the companies that even didn't exhibit this year because there wasn't room. I mean, the show yep. this year was bigger than last year. It definitely was. Um you know, I was just kind of blown away about the rod companies. There are always a ton of rod companies. There's always a ton of kayak companies, which shows the trend in the industry that people are getting into more personalized, smaller boats so they can get into stealthier areas. I don't want to say stealthier areas, but they can be stealthy around areas and sneak into that bass hole that they couldn't get to uh, with, the, you know, with the big boat, you know, and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, and that's true, you know, but something that I thought in terms of all the stuff in the show stood out to me, was the fishing industry's commitment to conservation. Yes. It was incredible. When you walked into the show, there was an alleyway with about 10 different booths uh, from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to you name it. And they were all over the place. And they were committed to conservation. You have the Bass University who writes for the magazine now. Those guys have hired an environmental director. You have Costa working with O-Search yes. on their great white shark and other shark tagging. Mm -hmm. uh, you had AFTCO working with Guy Harvey Ocean Foundation. Yes. Um, you have numerous companies in the Texas area working with the Coastal Conservation Association. And it's really incredible to see the fishing and its commitment to issues that a lot of people don't want to touch. Right. And we talked about the difference between fishing conservation and hunting conservation a lot at the show. And I just yep. think it's an interesting topic because it is, you know, I think fishermen have figured it out. And I think they definitely have. I mean, you and I talked about that at the show in detail. Um, but, you know, that's the exciting thing about that is that there is a lot more catch and release going on. There is a lot more conservation, um, you know, tools out there to make uh, releasing your fish and taking your pictures and that kind of stuff. Uh, I even saw a lot of companies that were doing um, – Oh, you know, the, uh, the graphite replicas and also, um, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, carbon copy style replicas of, of the fish catch. Uh, I saw one company that was doing that, um, you know, uh, basically a, an artwork of your fish catch, you know, and I think that kind of stuff continues to grow in popularity. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. 
uh, to see that. And I, that, 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 that was a unique the, the typical replica thing, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, which I've been an advocate of for years. We gave out, um, you know, flounder replicas and stuff for a long time. Right. Uh, through Flounder Revolution and what CCA sponsored in that. We used a place for the Fish Mount store, do incredible work, by the way. But yeah, that, doing these really cool artwork of your stuff. And yes. Photography and, and not even that, but like water quality and pollution being addressed, like the big sugar thing happening in Florida over the Everglades. And I think it's incredible. I think it's groundbreaking. Um, and I think the fishing industry should be commended for what they're doing. You know. Well, that's something I talk about on the um, on the show quite a bit. Is is how you know how conservation is so important to the future of our sport and getting kids involved in it so that their grandkids can have a future in the sport. And uh, like, like I just said earlier, and like you, you alluded to, we actually came, Chester and I actually came and talked to some of these companies that were in that kind of gauntlet of, of, comp- of, uh, of conservation, the conservation row, if you will, <laughs> you know, of the different bass and, and uh, freshwater and saltwater conservation uh, organizations. Uh, we really had some good conversations there, didn't we? Uh, wonderful, con- wonderful conversation. Some interesting ones too. You know? Yes, yes, and we got a, a couple of pats on the back. You did at least, you know, of some of the things you were working on in the wildlife world. So, um, you know, I I honor you for that, Chester, because you're one of the people that really takes conservation seriously, and uh, I, that's that's inspired me to talk about it more on this show. Well, thank you, man. You know, it really is a goal of my. Um, career i mean this is i'm only 43 i'm a relatively young man but i started doing this when i was 19 so i'm entering my 25th year of doing this Um, and the goal has always been to besides making a living and as a business is to raise awareness to conservation and inspire people to take advantage of opportunities to conserve Uh, and um that means using the resource wisely and we gotta get i love having industry start talking about clean water Right. I mean, that is so cutting edge. And um, there are people in the outdoors industry who would look at you and say, oh, you're, you must be a hippie environmentalist. That's on the hunting side. I mean, not everybody, but there are people on the hunting right. side who said stuff like, I actually did, I did a lecture on jaguars. Yes. I talked about the need for jaguar habitat conservation. And I posted it on Facebook. Uh-huh. Had someone tell me, ask me, and I'm starting to become a PETA member. <laughs> because I'm for Jaguar conservation. And like, what kind of an idiot comes up with something like this? I and mean, you have to be an idiot to go, and, you know, and I'm going, how do you even answer this? The best thing is you don't answer it because that kind of idiot, idiocy just can't be recognized. But right. to think of someone who's like, who would think, well, my God, clean water, that's what. That's what Greenpeace would be for. Well, I'll tell you what it's for. It's for people who don't want to get cancer. Right, right. We you know, about and that I would think that's together. all of yeah. us, you know. But the fishing industry is on that cutting edge, so i got to give them salute. They were more bold yes. with conservation and anything that I've ever seen in the history of the industry. And, you know, they're a wonderful organization. They're much for conservation. In the we're talking about Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl. Uh, Rocky Mountain Health Foundation, right. you know, all these organizations, but there are there are people in the industry um, who just don't get it on that side sometimes, and just think that anyone who dares talk about the clean environment is an environmentalist wacko. Right. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it here: if you think for having clean air, 
If you think having clean water that doesn't cause birth defects and ovarian cancer, yes. like it just happened in Brit City right down the road from us mm-hmm. because of a water issue where people duck hunt, by the way, in this marsh. I've duck hunted that marsh. Um, is somehow on leaning PETA, you're an idiot. I just want to go ahead and get that out there. I mean, <laughs> Tell us what's really on your mind, Jester. I mean, come if you on. think that, you're an idiot. <laughs> if you think there's something that we ought to just ignore all that and keep pumping it all in, baby, you are are out there right um but the fact is most 99.9 percent of hunters and fishermen support common sense stuff yes. you know yes. we're not talking about taking rights away and that's what the industry was and they're like no let's just use some common sense here well let's let's yeah. get, let's get back to the future we got to really do something about it and it's incredible what coast is doing yes. they're, they're plastics campaign in the ocean Kick it's plastics, incredible yeah. what all these companies are doing you know so right. that, that it, it's, it's it makes me proud to be part of it no, that's great. And I, I just seeing Conservation Row, as I call it, right as you're walking into the main doors of the show, really showed me the fishing industry gets this, you know, like you were saying earlier. Um, oh, yes. And we talked about that. I mean, Bass University's on one side, U.S. Fish and Wildlife's on the other side. I mean, there, yep. there's just people. And they, they encourage conversation and healthy talk about this, you know, and that's the thing that really, I was it was engaging to go out there and talk conservation with these guys, you know. It was, you know. We sat there, you and I talked with U.S. Fish and Wildlife right. Service. Right, Um, And we talked with uh, NOAA people as well, uh, National Ocean Atmospheric Administration. Yes. And it was great because not everybody who works for the government is a comedy. Exactly. Who wants to kill you. There are some good folks that are working these organizations. They that really are. are. They're doing really good things for wildlife and fisheries. And it's good to meet these people and engage them and say, thank you. Thank right. you for taking a job that's not paying tons of money. That's allowing you to use your talents for behalf of wildlife right. that we all enjoy. And the fishing industry as a whole deserves a giant kudos. I and, agree. Um, you know, it was, it was great. It was that was inspiring for me, man. I wanted to bring that up because I really thought they did a fine job, you know, and just the way that they handled their 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 you know department of uh, of whatever they were doing. I mean, all the different you know companies and organizations that were there were just really you know about the continuation of the sport. And I wish we could see that more in the hunting world, which we do again with Delta Waterfowl and, and Ducks Unlimited and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, National Wild Turkey Federation. But you know, I just think I don't think hunters take it as serious as fishermen do and uh, well i'll put it to you this way guess what you don't see at the shot show conservation out that's a good point because <laughs> no conservation road shot no that's now and, you know because it's still firearm centric yes. you know it's more centered on the firearm people don't realize the shot show doesn't have a whole lot to do with money yeah uh, it has to do a lot with part of it, most of yeah. it's the self-defense and the tactical and all those right. kind of things but i would love to see it there you know, there's plenty of organizations that we could do a lot and talk about what they're doing, like SCI or Houston or Dallas Safari or all those. I've seen people from them at those shows that sell them at the Delta Waterfront. You know, so maybe maybe somebody listening out there will say, hey, let's do something like that to shot show this year. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be a good thing for sure. That's a really good yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So, but, well, anything else to add, Chester? You know, I think that it's just was a good show. We talked about the technological advances. We talked about a few of the trends toward bass and and uh, things like that. And uh, I just want to end one thing is on on the saltwater side of things. Um, I think we've hit almost a plateau of innovation on what's been done in saltwater for a while. I think we're kind of hitting a plateau. We've done such incredible work. Um, my, I'm gonna make a prediction. Okay. okay. And we'll see how this, how this goes out in the next few years. Okay. I think what we're going to see 
coming in the salt. When I say salt water, I'm talking about the inland salt water realm. Right. Red specks, flounder, snook, tarpon, stuff you can actually right. catch in the base system and stuff yeah. like that, you know, near shore parts of the Gulf and Atlantic or whatever. Um, I think we're, we're going to see uh, a, a renewed a renewed look or maybe a new look at, at finesse fishing for those species. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm with you. I think because what's happening is where's the market shifting in salt water? Kayak. Yes. Stealth. Stealth. Uh, yes. And sometimes you can get in that clear, skinny water, but that fish won't look at a big plug. Right. But they may look at a micro jig. I think we're going to start seeing some stuff toward that. So smaller and I think baits that will, and that kind of stuff. Smaller okay. baits, little things, things that are the natural colors. Yes. Um, the things that are the neutral colors that kind of mix in the system. Uh, I think things like P-Line having their 100% fluorocarbon. Things like that are already part of the game, but I think we're going to start seeing some uh, some innovations in, in sort of finesse fishing, like you do for bass and panfish for the saltwater side. Oh, that's really cool. And that's the other thing I was going to mention is the amount of kayak companies that were there that had innovations that go out. You know, there's one company called Yak Gear that has nothing but gear for kayaks. But I noticed uh, Jackson Kayak was there and um, uh, Confluence Water Sports and, and uh, you know, uh, a bunch of different wilderness systems and just a bunch of different other, you know, kayak companies there. The things that they are coming out with in compact, minimalist ways – of packing your gear out on the water is just amazing to me. I mean, I'm going to probably go at yeah. the Hobie booth looking at Hobie and going, yes. looking at these things decked out and just the design of the kayaks and go, okay, we're there. Yeah. So I think the tackle component for inland salt water is going to start getting more deep detail towards finesse fishing. It'll follow, it'll follow the, the, the yeah. kayak trend. Yeah, I think we'll see okay. more of that. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I'm just excited because it, there's a lower barrier to entry. You don't have to spend $50,000 on a bay boat uh, center console to go out, you know, fishing in, in a bay system. If you can just jump in a kayak and put your kiddo in another kayak with a life jacket on and go out there and explore the bay system that way. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a minimalist thing, I guess, is the best way to put it. But, I mean, it's a very – it's a very – accessible thing and the barrier to entry is rather low i mean on the last podcast we talked about simple pursuits and that's something that i think you know kayaks have brought people out onto the water that don't have a huge budget to spend on a big boat you know sure thank god exactly thank god the industry's responded with that because most of us can't and they got the those big boats are awesome they've got wonderful farms in them right uh, i hope they keep buying ads in the magazine and i oh, hope the industry gets bigger <laughs> Because that's good for the business and it's good for people. But for those of us who can't afford it, thank God there are tools out there that we can still use to allow people to get access like the iBobber or right. Bank Fisherman or all these things. There's a lot of tools out there. It's just it just it's just tweaking the tools for your specific pursuit. And right. uh, maybe maybe one day we can do a podcast on how to proper how to bank for, how to get the bank how to get the bank for the buck bank fish. Yeah, no, that's good because that's what I've always tried to do with this show, Chester, and you know this as well as I do. I've been I've been trying to just make fishing and hunting and those kind of pursuits that we do in the outdoors accessible to everyone, which is something you're really big about with your show. Yeah, man, you got to, you know, because it's it's a wide net. Everyone should be able to enjoy it, whether they're a billionaire or uh, barely have a dollar, right. you know, to be able to go enjoy that time out there. And all of us unite in that pursuit yes. of doing that, you know. And, uh, you know, I, li I like to fish at the bank. I grew up fishing for the bank, you know. And, um, you know, and I think that uh, we could do something cool on that. I think we're going to see some more innovations on that because here's something. If we can part with this, there's also a tackle show in Europe. I've yes. been to Europe. I've seen the tackle stores. The bank fishing stuff they have over there 
if the American angler, if the industry would target bank fishermen with the gear they have with their educational campaign, would revolutionize bank fishing in America. Oh, it would. So, I mean, they're so serious about it. There are very few boats, you know, that people spend the money on. But bank fishing, like for carp, which is a story that I'm going to be writing in 2018, um, you know, bank fishing for carp is huge in Europe, you know. Dude, I go to, I go to, I go to Mequinez of Spain to fish for Wells catfish, right? Yes. And I walk into a cafe that they had there kind of by the river and there's pictures of anglers with their catches and like there's like three walls full of carp. <laughs> it's like all carp and there's like one little part of a wall with some big wells on. I'm like, dude, a seven pound catfish. I said, man, seven pound, seven foot long catfish. Yeah. I like carp. They're cool. They trounce a carp in coolness, right? Right. right. But not to them. And uh, we went to the tackle store there and like almost everything was carp. A guy pulls up and I'm like, oh, I gotta try to find this photo. <laughs> to check on a see for catching anything in a Jeep. You know you have like the tire, spare tire covers with like yes. an emblem on it. Yes. Like you might go down here to Port to Aransas Pass or you might go down to the, the beaches on South Padre and see a guy with like a you know, with like a bull shark on it or some some dude may have a big red fish on it. This guy pulls up with a leather carp on it. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it wasn't just a carp. It was a leather carp. A leather carp, carp. You know what I mean? It yeah. was very specific. So, exactly. Uh, anyway, we're getting off topic, but it's a lot of fun. Thank no, this is good. Show, oh, sure. I appreciate you being on the show. But, I mean, that just brings up the the point of, you know, of that innovation and that culture. You know, I mean, just bank fishing should be a bigger deal. I mean, you and I are trying to lead that charge. And I just, uh, again, I want everybody to go out there and have a good time in the outdoors. That's my whole goal with all this stuff. So. I like it. Uh, but that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Chester. I really appreciate you being on the show with me again. Yes, sir. Thank you. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chester Moore, Jr., editor-in-chief of Texas Fish and Game Magazine. He also hosts his own radio show. You can see it on our, or listen to it, I should say. Uh, they have the podcast version of it on iHeartRadio, uh, More Outdoors, M-O-O-R-E, and you can uh, search for him, and he comes on every Friday night, um, or Friday evening, I should say, on KLVI in Beaumont. And a uh, great opportunity to check out some awesome content from him. He's just a great guy. Love reading his column every month in the magazine. There's always something new or, um, or uh, controversial or you know something cutting edge that he's always sharing in his column uh, if you get the magazine. And I wanted to remind you again to please subscribe if you have not done so yet to Texas Fish and Game Magazine. Uh, subscription for a year is only $19.95. You can get that at our website, fishgame.com. That's fishgame.com, which is our main website. You can check out all the podcasts that we've done under the Texas Outdoor Nation umbrella. And uh, you can also see a lot of news stories and articles, blogs, that kind of stuff that we post there. I'm one of the contributors to that. You can even search by my last name or my first and last name uh, to get the, uh, get the details on those uh, articles and podcasts. And uh, also wanted to invite you to subscribe to our newsletters if you've not done so already. Again, we have the Tactical Tuesday newsletter. We have the Wildlife Wednesday newsletter and the Texas State of the Outdoor Nation um, Thursday newsletter and that comes out you know three times a week easy to get you can sign up for that uh, through our email subscriber program at fishgame.com as well so before I end the show today I wanted to bring up something that's kind of been on my mind and on my heart lately the last show I, I recorded I was just getting ready to leave for Camp Agape and ever since I have come back for this this has kind of been on my heart because I heard a speaker there named Stephen Mackey and Stephen uh, is a motivational speaker. Uh, he's just a great guy and uh, really enjoyed. He has a podcast called the Plus One Podcast. And 
Uh, it's available on iTunes just like this one is. And so the basis of what he brought up on one of his shows was something that kind of stuck with me, and it's Rick Warren's quote. And Rick Warren, if you don't know him, wrote The Purpose Driven Life, which is a book I'm rereading right now. A uh, great book uh, in the Christian faith uh, about you know life's purpose and what we're set here to do on earth. And one of the things that uh, he says is the purpose of influence is to speak up for those who have no influence. And, uh, you know, I bring up the things that I do in the outdoors, such as my work with Crosswater Outfitters, um, which is the fishing ministry that I belong to that, that you know, takes wounded soldiers and their families fishing, or we have a student, international student outreach that we reach students of different faith with the Christian message. Um, we do, uh, there's an organization tied to that, which is Legacy Outfitters. I've had a lot of really good, um, good conversations presented at two of their meetings in the Temple chapter of Legacy Outfitters, and that's kind of where Crosswater Outfitters spun off. And then uh, also Hogs for a Cause, which is a uh, faith-based organization like Crosswater Outfitters and Legacy uh, that is basically a, um, a, a wild hog uh, uh, ministry. And they basically take wild hog meat and feed the homeless with it, or feed the hungry, or or, uh, or just spread, spread the gospel message with the um, with that uh, wild hog meat. So it's a really neat deal, and I've got an article coming out in our Texas Outdoor Nation section of the magazine about them. But you know, aside from that, the one I just came back from Camp Agape, that one helps kids that are going through a lot of grief in their lives, as losing a loved one, a brother, a cousin, a grandparent, a parent. Uh, in some of the cases, they are just really tough to suicides, murders, accidents, um, all kinds of different things that those kids go through. So. The point I wanted to bring up and share with you is it's always a good time to give back. It doesn't matter how broke you are. It doesn't matter how busy you are. I mean, the thing that I'm inspired at constantly through all the outdoor ministries that I do and I work with um, are that I want to inspire other people to do the same thing. I don't simply get on the podcast and say, hey, you know, I'm doing all this, so I'm just a great guy. It's never been my intention. My intention has always been to you know show you you know why i do what i do and why i have a passion for those kids and a passion for those veterans and a passion for those international kids because i want them to love god more um but in a in a secular form i just want to give back um and i just had this need to give back and that's one reason why i started this podcast because the outdoor industry has blessed me in so many different ways with so many of the different roles that i serve um, I, I want to encourage you to be an influence for somebody that has no influence. I want to encourage you to have um, to get out there and do something that matters in the outdoors because there's a lot of different ministries you can plug into even if you're not a faith-based person. Uh, there's a lot of other good you can do in the world uh, in, in a lot of cases where you can plug into the outdoors and do good in the world. Um, you know, a lake cleanup day or, a, you know, a, a, you know, wildlife conservation project or a fundraiser of some kind. There's just a whole host of things you can do in the outdoors to help the environment, to help raise awareness about something. And, you know, animals and fish don't typically have a, a advocate for them besides a human group, you know, and we see that a lot of cases with the anti-hunters they're advocating for the animals but they don't understand why we do the hunting and fishing thing and i wanted to at least bring up that is an option uh for you to get involved in something that's pro hunting and pro fishing but that gives back to the environment and speaks up for the animals and the fish that can't speak for themselves so that's my inspirational time for the post podcast or the end of the podcast um i just love doing this man i love inspiring and um and showing you guys what 
what I do in the outdoors uh, to encourage you to go out and do great things too. And I uh, just love, 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 love doing the show. If you have any questions for me or any questions for the show, all you have to do is uh, check out my website, dustinsprojects.com, which is kind of my um, hub of all the different things that I have going on in the outdoors. And um, you can plug into some of the ministries that I'm a part of if you want to. Uh, you can donate, of course. That was, that's always nice to any of those ministries that I support that are in the bottom of the homepage. Um, or you can simply email me, ask me your questions, ask me uh, what kind of topic you'd like to hear on the show. I mean, we're open to changing the editorial calendar, you know, with new things for hunting and fishing and outdoors pursuits. Uh, if you want to hear more tactical, I can have more guests on like that. If you want to hear more fishing, if you want to hear more hunting. Uh, I've got a lot of different guests I'm going to have on the show in the future. I'm really excited about the direction of this thing. I just want to thank you again so much for listening. You guys just, you have no idea. Your comments on Podbean especially, really, they are my, um, they're, they're just my energy. You know, they're just my go-to. Um, whenever somebody leaves me a YouTube comment on one of my videos or a comment on one of those, uh, one of those things, I'm kind of like Gary Vanderchuk. I kind of live off of those things. I get so excited when I get them because most of the time they're always good and they're encouraging. And I just want to thank you so much. If you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, you can do so on iTunes. It is free. It comes out every other week, every two weeks, twice a month. And, uh, I try to keep that consistent because I do a lot of things and wear a lot of hats in the outdoor industry, as you know, so um constantly trying to keep good things uh, going on there so subscribe on itunes or any of your podcast players you should be able to find the best of the outdoors podcast sponsored by texas fishing game and uh, just type in keywords the best of the outdoors or the best of the outdoors podcast you should be able to find it if you also want to check out our um our feed that has all of our podcasts we've done since the inception all over two years ago now that I've been talking into this microphone. Um, that is going to be found at the best of the outdoors at pod. I'm sorry, the best of the outdoors.podbean.com. And that has all of our different episodes. And um, you can just click on them and listen to them on that landing page or uh, share them. And I encourage you to share this episode if you found it inspirational or found it helpful or found it educational. I encourage you to, to do that. And, uh, just love this stuff, man. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you so much again for reading. And have an awesome day in the outdoors.